Welcome to Douglas Wilson's The Plodcast. Today, Pastor Wilson chats about No Quarter November behind the scenes. If you don't know, with every post at Blog and Mayblog for No Quarter, Canon Press is giving away a free book on Amazon Kindle and 50% off the very same book in paperback at canonpress.com. In order to keep up with all the free books, go like the Canon Press page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Cheers. So welcome to the podcast. This is episode 118, if I've counted correctly, which and it's quite possible that I didn't. But according to my records, podcast episode 118. So what I thought I'd do um, is talk for a few minutes about um, uh, no quarter of November. As I'm recording this, um, uh, November has just begun. I've uh, we've published the the introduction to no quarter of November. We've uh, I've done I've published the first installment. I've begun work on the second installment, uh, which should run tomorrow. And we've um, put the trailer out there for no quarter of November. And I thought I'd, I thought I'd talk a little bit about the trailer and I talk, uh, and about November and where all this came from, what's the point, and so on. So this is sort of behind the scenes uh, at NQN. Behind the scenes at NQN. So a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a few months, uh, Nate and Heather were over uh, visiting Nancy and me, and we were talking about different aspects of uh, our communication with the general public. And uh, Nate suggested basically the the centerpiece of what became No Quarter November. And, and we kicked around uh, some possible... Uh, Things to call it, and settled on no quarter November, and uh, and then we did the uh, couch. We did the the burning couch video, which apparently uh, got the attention of a number of people. So uh, let me begin by by talking about um, how much of that and how much of the the trailer for 2019 were special effects, and and how much was not. So when uh, we'll start with 2018, uh, we uh, filmed it the outside, uh, sat on the couch, and uh, we actually did set the couch on fire, and the couch was burning, and the couch was burning while I was sitting there talking. So uh, and and it was kind of a cold and rainy day, and it was difficult. We you know there, there was lighter fluid on the couch and and whatnot, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't a roaring inferno, but there was a fire, and I was sitting on a couch that was on fire. But what we then did is I did the I did the little spiel uh, about no quarter November, and then got up and left, and they kept the cameras fixed on the couch, and just let the couch burn. We it was a cold, it was cold out, and so we uh, got a, uh, had a fire there, a little, little uh, fire pit, uh, portable fire pit. And they took a log out of the fire pit and burning log and put it under the couch. And uh, at that point, the couch really took off. The, it really started to burn. And 
what they did is they kept the cameras fixed in the place they had been before, and they were enable they they were able therefore to enhance the size of the flames that I was sitting next to when I was giving my spiel, but they did not create the flames. Uh, so. Um, I, I was sitting next to fire when I gave that spiel, and it, I, I won't describe how big the fire was, but it was most courageous for me to be there. Uh, and then I got up and left, and they let, let the thing burn and superimposed the two images. Now, with uh, the trailer for 2019, uh, that, was a little bit, uh, that was a little bit different. So um, uh, in, in, that, in that scenario, what they, di- what they did is they mowed... Uh, uh, mode of sort of big circular area had the couch in the the middle and they dug a trench. Uh, uh, this is the this is the can, the Canon Press guys the can the uh, ever creative Canon Press crew. Uh, they dug a trench in the shape of the crossed pencils and the skull, and then in between those they put the uh, they had the armchair that I was to sit in, and. Um, so, uh, I came out there and they filmed, um, we filmed me, um, walking around in the field that still had the tall grass, uh, smoking a cigar and, um, emptying the gas can. So, so that I don't, um, uh, so that I don't, uh, give away too many trade secrets. Let me not say what was in the gas can, but let me also say that I'm not an idiot. I just put uh, there. Well, I'll just put it. I'll, I'll say no more. I, I'm not an idiot. So I walked around the field doing that, and they had the trench that they had dug out. They packed with flour, and then soaked the flour with accelerant, um, and had um, uh, had wires running to the um, uh, to the skull and cross pencils, and. Um, had a a pyro expert uh, on scene, a a detonation expert on scene. And so I came back and sat down in the chair, did the the little thing, and then flicked the cigar. And when I flicked the cigar, the cigar that I flicked was on fire, but the cigar did not ignite the, um, did not ignite the skull. So I flicked the cigar and um, the the expert off camera um, ignited the whole thing and Poof! It went. Now, uh, again, because of the, the whole skull, the whole thing didn't um, fill in the way it ought to have. So they had to um, they had to come back in and uh, address that by in, enhancing the flames that way. But again, there was uh, it was real fire, and I was really there. And 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 again, um, most courageous. So, what's the you know? What's the point? Well, the point is, as as I've explained in the uh, posts, when I uh, when I write polemically or when I write controversially, uh, as a matter of re- reflex, as a matter of routine, I anticipate what people are going to say. And but are you you know are you saying that all women are? Are you saying that um, that everyone who disagrees with you hates the God of the Bible? Do you, you know? All of those uh, objections that you would, uh, you should be able to anticipate. And what I try to do is, um, usually in the second paragraph or somewhere early on, 
acknowledge that I understand those objections are forthcoming and say something that qualifies it. So, no, I'm not saying this or I don't believe that or whatever. And, of course, if you're a certain kind of hostile, um, which a number of people are, the fact that I've made these uh, the, the fact that I've hedged my bets in this way, that I've said, no, I'm not, I'm not taking the extreme position, matters not even a little bit. It doesn't, e- doesn't even slow them down. So um, what we decided to do is once a year during the, during the month of November, take those qualifications out and see if uh, anybody notices a difference. Generally, so far, thus far, uh, the people who uh, notice the difference are friends of our ministry, uh, for whom the qualifications are a nuisance and a distraction. And they, uh, it's, it's like giving them all a month off. And, um, and so there we are. Um, I hope you enjoy this coming November as much as uh, everybody appeared to have enjoyed last year's No Quarter November. Here we are in podcast episode 118, and we come to our Hamartiology section. This is where we, uh, this is where we are uh, working through our way through the New Testament, looking at uh, different words that are descriptive of different sins. Now, if you've been following this uh, for the last few years, you'll notice that I'm working my way through a, uh, um, a Greek lexicon and all the words, all the words for sin that I've addressed so far begin with the Greek letter alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And it appears this time that I'm going to jump to the H's, but I'm not really jumping to the H's. This is a word that also begins in an alpha, but it's pronounced uh, harpage, harpage. Uh, and that's because the alpha at the beginning has what in Greek is called a rough breathing mark that makes an H sound. So it begins with an alpha just like the others. And some of the um, some of the weeks following, it's the same deal. Uh, harpage. And this word, harpage, refers to an ungodly spoilation of someone else's goods. So if you make a prey of someone, if you are um, uh, going after their, their money or their wealth and you, and you despoil them, uh, that's what this word refers to. In Matthew, it is translated in the KJV as extortion, referring to the way that the religiously slick Pharisees and the scribes could squeeze money out of others. Jesus says in Matthew 23, 25, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Harpage, there it is, full of extortion, harpage, and excess. So um, extortion, of course, is the do this or else, or you put the squeeze on somebody. In another place, talking about the same reality, the translation renders it as ravening. Um, uh, also the KJV, this is in Luke eleven thirty nine, and it's a very similar situation. And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. So in Matthew, it's extortion and excess, in Luke here, it's ravening and wickedness, but the first word there is harpage in both instances. Then, in the book of Hebrews, the author there, uh, and whom I take to have been Paul, talks about this sin from the other direction. 
uh, talking about how the believers there had joyfully endured the persecution of having others pillage their property. Their goods were seized by greedy and spiteful hands, but they rested in their true possession. Uh, Hebrews 10.34 says, For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling, there it is, the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Hebrews 10.34. So, harpage means extortion, spoilation, um, ravening, just greedily seizing is a, is a good uh, way of understanding it. So continuing on with podcast episode 118, we come to my book review. And uh, the book I want to review this time around is uh, Richard Baxter's book, The Saints Everlasting Rest. Now, years ago, I read Baxter's um, great book, The Reformed Pastor. Um, and this was sort of uh, semi on a to do, um, uh, to read list, to do list. And uh, oh, a month or two ago, um, a friend of mine recommend, mentioned in passing that he had listened to an audio, audible version of The Saints Everlasting Rest and that he had listened to it four, four or five times and, you know, just so good, he said. So um, when, the, when, the, uh, uh, when he said that, I thought, ah, oh. you know, I had a hard copy of the book that I, that I had not gotten to. So I got an audible, uh, got an audible version of it and, and listened to it just as my friend had done and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, the, the, what I'd like to do is, um, uh, if anybody is thinking about our, our final inheritance, our final destination, uh, the saints' everlasting rest, and Baxter spends a good deal of time on the opposite of the saints' everlasting rest, which would be the uh, uh, the sinners' everlasting torment. It, the The book is about uh, what it's like to die in Christ and what it's like to die outside of Christ, and he he covers both. Um, both subjects exhaustively. And, um, and what I want to do is talk, I want to talk for a moment. I'd like to use this uh, review as an opportunity to talk about something that uh, his discussion of hell, his discussion of damnation made me, made me think of. Um, but that's not where the wealth in this book is found. The saints' everlasting rest will quicken your desire for heaven. It will make you hungry to go It'll make you eager to uh, go there. So I don't want to take away uh, from that. But I, I did take issue with uh, Baxter's approach to the whole question of um, uh, to the whole question of the psychology of damnation. Uh, and I think it may be may have just been a preacher's trope or a, a way of communicating, and it might not have been something he, he actually held to tenaciously. But here here it is: um, if you are uh, describing someone at the day of judgment, and they are about to be consigned to the lake of fire, and their whole mental attitude is that of, oh, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I pay attention? Why didn't I repent while there's still time? Um, and, and quite frankly, I don't think that damnation is like that. I, don't, I, I think that damnation is far more likely to be a case where the person entering into utter and final and complete condemnation is continuing to sin. 
in other words, it's not as though uh, you have the truly repentant who go to heaven and the truly repentant who repented truly, but a moment too late, day late, dollar short. So they truly repented, but they did so after the, uh, after the deadline, after the offer was finally closed. And so they're banging on the door of heaven saying, oh, let me in. I would love to spend eternity worshiping God through Jesus Christ. And, and God says, no, sorry, you missed the, the you, you, sorry, you missed the deadline. Um, I don't think it works that way. Um, I believe that the, the, the person who has shut himself off from God's grace is in his condemnation doubling down and tripling down and is miserable because of it. And the Bible describes, uh, the, Bible describes um, the day of judgment as the day when every mouth will be stopped and there will be no good argument to throw back at God. Uh, there will be nothing intelligible to say. Um, but I, I want to, I guess I want to insist on the fact that hell is not just a place for sinners to go, but it is a place where they continue sinning. They, they, um, when they are separated from God, they don't stop doing the things that got them where they are. They don't stop doing the things that got them where they are. So aside from that, um, as you're reading or listening to Baxter, The Saints Everlasting Rest, um, factor that out, budget for that, and enjoy the read.